Hello, and welcome to The Bro Show. I am your host, Jake Harwood, and my name is still the same. Dang, that felt good to say. I have not said that in a good six weeks. I haven't recorded in a good six weeks. I have been slacking in the utmost way, and my freaking bad. I don't even have good excuses. I mean, I could give you all the excuses, but nobody wants excuses. I don't want to hear excuses from people. You either do or you don't. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, somebody yesterday I was texting with, and uh, I had sent them a nutrition plan, and I'm really trying to get them dialed in. And so uh, I made them this custom plan, and it's a lot more calories and meals than they they, they were used to. And uh, she texted me back, and I said, you know, how's, the, how's it going? You know, it's day two. How's it going? Where are you at with it? And she said, it's so much to eat. I'm trying. And I gave her a text back, uh, essentially, that just said, trying? What, what does trying mean? You know, you're either doing or you're not doing. Like what, what is trying? Trying is like a, a, uh, a built-in excuse. It's like, it's like saying perhaps, or maybe, or I don't know. It's a very non-committal way of doing it. It's a very passive way of, of basically saying that I ain't fulfilling my full end. And it's interesting that word try, you know, you think about a buddy or a friend or a wife, a spouse, whatever. Somebody says, you know, hey, can you make it on Friday night at seven? And I'm guilty of doing this. And I'll say, ah, you know, I'll try. What the heck does that even mean? You'll try. What do you mean you'll try? You're going to try to make it? Either will make it or you won't make it. You either will do all the things it takes to make it or you're not going to do the things that it takes to make it and you're just not going to go. So trying is is sometimes a, a dangerous word. And uh, if trying is something you say often, uh, let's say, for example, you know, I work in the gym by now, I'm in the gym and people say, I'm trying. Well, you're either doing it or you're not. I mean, how hard are you? And I'm air quoting, how hard are you trying to do something? And I think you can think about that, how hard you air quote again, how hard you try. You can take that word try. And I, I suggest you replace that word with, I will try with I'll do. Or if you want to be direct and you know that it's something you're not going to do or won't do, just say, no, I'm good. You know, friend says, hey, you want to meet up on Friday night? And it's really something in your head. You're like, yeah, that doesn't really sound exciting. I'd rather put on my pajamas and kick back on Friday night or do what I do. You'd rather sit in front of a laptop and work on Friday night. Then just say, nope, I'm good. That, that doesn't sound too cool to me. I'm out. To me, that's a heck of a be- lot better way than saying, I'll try. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm going to try to be better and try to do more podcasts. I am going to be better. I will do more. I should be doing more. I have been slacking and it is not cool. Welcome back to the show. It's been six, seven weeks. I got a lot of stories, a lot of things I could tell you about, but I'm going to try to keep this not too lengthy and I'm going to try to bring my audience back to the bro show. Dang, that feels good to say. The bro show. (laughs) Woo, that feels good. I'm feeling a little better. I've been dealing with this cold for about ah, two to three weeks. It started off as what I, what I'm pretty sure was the flu. I didn't, you know, check my temp or anything, but I had body aches. I was freezing, and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night, sweat and soaked in sweat. I'd be hot. I'd be cold. I was freaking miserable. Um, sore throat, didn't move. And it, it, if you heard me at all talk, if you know me at all, being down and not doing much is hard. Being down and not seeing my son is harder the hardest and being down, not seeing my son and not working out is almost impossible. And being down, not seeing my son, not working out and not working is nearly impossible for me. Well, for three days straight, I didn't check an email. 
I didn't see my son. I didn't leave my apartment. I barely got out of bed. I only got out of bed once a day to take a shower because I felt disgusting to brush my teeth, to get food. You know, the basic minimal essentials are the only reason why I got up. Other than that, I was in bed for three whole days and I slept in an insane amount for me. I mean, an insane amount. Anyway, after the three days, the whole time I was pretty snotty and, and a little coffee, but on day three, like it really, the cough took over. And then, you know, if you've ever had that stuffy nose where you can't taste anything and just drives you crazy, I was there for like two more days, even though I started going back to work. And uh, here I am, <coughs> excuse me, as I cough, here I am on week three. This is the start of the third week. So two, two weeks and like three days into it, two days into it. Still got this snotty thing. I still got this cough. And some people around me are like, ah, you know, you need to throttle it back. Jake, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take it easy. You need to get back to 100%. You're going too hard. Maybe you need to throttle back. Maybe you should think about how you're doing things. <sighs> that ain't me, man. That ain't me. As a matter of fact, when I got sick and I first got back to the gym, the first day I was back, that night, somebody came up to me uh, in the evening time. And, of course, I, I like I like anonymity. I don't ever like to name names. But somebody came up to me. And uh, they said, oh, I'm so glad to see you back. How you feeling? I said, oh, you know, I'm all right. I'm getting there. I'm not 100%, but I'm getting there. And uh, this person, you notice I'm not using a he, she here. That person said to me, you know, I think it's a sign that, you, that, you're, do, that you're going too hard and you're doing too much. You might want to think about taking it easy and trying to do a little bit less and maybe take care of yourself a little more. And you know what my response was to that? I looked that person in the eye, shook my head, and I said, not a chance in the world. There is no chance. And I said, as a matter of fact, I need to go harder. And that is my mindset. Today, I got this runny nose. As a matter of fact, I got snot running down my nose as I record this, if you want to know the truth. I fight back coughs as I'm talking right now. It's a mindset. So much... Everything is a mindset. I mean, you can look all over the, the land right now. I mean, starting in the U.S., you can look around and you can see what kind of mindset everybody has. And whew, it ain't pretty, man. I don't I, look. It ain't pretty. I'm not going to go there, but it ain't pretty. The mindset of people, of individuals is just. It's kind of weak. But here's the kicker. If you're listening to me talk right now, you don't mind me sniffling a little bit through this thing. Excuse me. I'll try to keep it to a minimal. If you're listening to me right now. And you can honestly, if you think about the people around you, the people you talk to, maybe the people that work for you, maybe uh, even your friends or family, freaking parents. I mean, honestly, I mean, let's just let's just shoot it straight. Think about all the people that are anywhere near you that you come in contact with daily. If you're like me and you go to the gym a lot, think about all the people that you see in the gym, how they are, what they do. Think about this for a second. When you look at around those people, and this is where this is what I do. You know what I mean? Like when I, I'm a thinker, and uh, you look around, you think about people's mindset, right? And you can pretty quickly tell, I mean, watch somebody for just a little bit. Just watch how they move. Watch how they interact. Watch how they carry themselves. Watch how, watch how they approach situations. And you'll see the mindset of, of today's world is fairly weak. And, I, you know, I always, I like to use like a, you know, sheep, wolf, sheep, dog kind of mentalities. I relate well to those three terms. And, you know, the sheep is somebody that's easily led around, fairly weak person. It's the prey. They're there to eat. You know, whenever you're ready, if you're a wolf, you can go chat on that beast anytime. Um, they're susceptible to just following and doing. 
you know, they're, uh, they're, they're a bit more entitled type, type people. You know what I mean? And, uh, I'm not knocking anybody right here. I'm not going to cross political terms today, but, uh, I'm just saying that the mindset is weaker. And I bring that up because of this. If you are somebody that listens to my podcast and you're somebody that wants to achieve something on the next level, whatever your level is now, if you want to get to that next level, then you should be in a weird way. You should be excited because the level of, I don't even want to say competition because it's not, but I like competition. I think it brings out the best in people. So we're going to go with competition for today. The level of competition, the amount of competition is decreasing. Okay. And I don't care if it's a social media platform, if it's a business inquiry, um, whatever it is, like the amount of actual competition is decreasing because the mentality of those people that are trying to compete with you are not strong. They're weak. They want eight hours of sleep. They're going to sleep. They're going to watch their favorite show on Friday night or Sunday night or whatever. They're going to go out and drink beer on the weekends because they want to be social and they want to, you know, go out and they need that. And they want to have that. You know what I mean? Those people are going to get caught up in the news and the social media drama. They're going to comment. They're going to share. They're going to get all involved and they're going to waste their time, effort, and energy, which are three key words, time, effort, energy, write those down. They're going to waste those on things that are not going to propel them forward. As a matter of fact, they're actually going to pull them downward like the two crabs in the bucket. That essentially all that bad stuff is that other crab pulling you back down in the bucket as you're trying to crawl out. <clears throat> so don't be susceptible to those things. So if you're one of those people and you really want to grind and you really want to get to the next level, keep following my podcast because I'm going to take us, including me, my friends, we are all going on this journey together and we are going to get to the top. And I hope whoever follows me, whoever listens to this podcast, gets inspired and wants to get to my level, find me on social, find me on Instagram. I'm ready to do it tenfold. The people that are real, real, real close to me, I think they know that my mind is made up and my mind is going a certain place. You know, I think those people around me can almost sense it about me. And I, honestly, I get chills right now saying it because I'll tell you what, I'm 36. <clears throat> For 35 years, I didn't get that feeling. For 35 years, I didn't feel like people wanted to be around me because they felt like this guy was on the verge of success or this guy was at that tipping point where he's probably going to propel forward and get to the next level. You know what I mean? I didn't have people coming to me and asking me questions and asking for advice and even coming to me and saying, hey, I got this thought. What do you think? Or, hey, I got an opportunity. Are you interested? I didn't have any of that. None of that for 35 years, maybe 34 years, cracking into 30 year 35, I started to get that. And, um, you know, today's a little bit different day and I want everybody that gets involved with this podcast because, you know, originally I didn't really know where the bro show was going. You know, I didn't really know where I was going, what I was doing, how I was going to go about things. And so I just kind of started it. And the bro show, the bro show is something that I had been, you know, thinking about for a long time, talked about for a long time. You know, one of those guys that just talked about shit and, uh, you know, I just talked about it and I just never did it. And so finally one day I set up the bro show and I kind of thought I had, you know, this outline of what I wanted to do. And I thought it'd be this really, you know, funny and clever show. And I would do all these things that are bro related, um, that would tie to, you know, today's bro and kind of the struggles that we face and the interesting topics and the, and the way that we work. And so, you know, while I try to weave some of that in, <clears throat> you know, I believe heavily, especially nowadays in following the instincts and, and listening to what the instincts are telling me and instinctively, you know, I want to achieve at the highest level and I want to openly be a millionaire and uh, a multimillionaire 
and a hundred millionaire and you know I, wherever the hell that I stop at I, I I'm willing to do whatever I you know I'm willing to go where I gotta go to do it so I hope y'all will join me in this and uh, hopefully you find some excitement uh, maybe some uh, maybe you can feed off my enthusiasm uh, in the positivity the optimism and I want you to just keep coming back to here listen to the podcasts let's get this thing going on I mean this from the bottom of my heart it would mean nothing more to me than to have anybody message me even if I don't know you send me a text like tell me dude I listen to your podcast I want to get to the next level too let's do this let's do this bro whatever you want to say to me my number is 503-438-0261 dude grab your phone right now if you're listening to this podcast if you got a goal hit me up say something clever Say something cool. Let me know it came from the podcast. That way I don't think you're some weird creeper or some like, you know, salesperson randomly hitting me up. But let's do this, man. You know what I mean? Like, or woman, let's do this. I mean, let's, let's, let's figure out the goals. Let's start breaking this thing down show by show, episode by episode. Let's figure out what we want to do, how we're going to do it. And then let's execute. And the thing is, is I can take what I'm doing and put it into a, into a podcast, (coughs) excuse me, where it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to have the same goal as me, but you can apply the same principles, the same thought process to that goal or goals. And together we can achieve. And how sweet would it be in five, 10 years when we're all crushing goals to have a huge reunion, like a huge meetup of all these bro show followers, all these peeps, everybody I met through the bro show. We meet somewhere, some big city, just kick it. Talk about the successes, network and keep growing. And a lot of it is networking, you know, and success too is networking and getting out there and meeting people. So I would love nothing more to some people to hit me up, uh, especially if you are uh, really feeling me on this. Hit me up. Send me a message. It takes 10 seconds. Like this is part of discipline. You know, if you're really serious, 503-438-0261. Send me a message. Let's chat. Let's talk success. Let's all get on the same page. I'm freaking fired up. Hopefully you're feeding off it a little bit. Bam. With that being said. Let me tell y'all something. <clears throat> Law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, you know, you can call it something different if you want. It's real. <clears throat> Law of association, call it whatever you want, call it something different. It's real. And I could give you several examples right now, but I'm going to talk about a couple ones that happened to me real, real, real recently. Um, just put a little proof in the pudding, so to speak. Law of attraction. My son and I, Decide that we're going to go to a baseball game, the Hillsboro Hops, which is here in Hillsboro, Oregon, which is like our AAA team, you know, and uh, I believe they're a farm team, a feeder to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're here in Hillsboro, Ron Tonkin Field is where they play at. We decided let's go. Uh, the season just opened. This is the first weekend that they were in town, um, so I bought tickets. We sat uh, second row back, right off the uh, right off the first baseline. Super sweet seats, so good. And uh, my, we've been to one other game a long time ago. My son was young. We sat way out in the grass, and you can't really see the game like that. My son was freaking locked in. You know what I mean? He doesn't play baseball. I wanted to play baseball real bad. He's had no interest in it really. And uh, <clears throat> he's just turned seven, so I'm not f- pushing it yet. You know what I mean? At some point, Dad will probably, you know, I'd probably give him the nudge and sign him up and get him on a team one time just to experience it. That way he really knows if he wants to do it or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I have to deal with my cold today. So we go to this game, 
And as we're driving to the game, you know, I'm thinking like, man, I want this. I want him to have a great experience. Not necessarily so I can leverage him to play baseball, although, yeah, it would definitely help. Um, I just want him to have a great experience because, as, you know, as a, as a kid, as, as a guy, and I don't know if it's the same for ladies or not. I don't know. Um, I'm speaking for me and as a man and being a dad and having a son is, you know, being a dad and, and like going to a game with my son and like a day at the ballpark with my son with the with the baseball glove and everything. I don't know why. That just like that's so fulfilling for my heart and it just makes me so freaking happy. And it's just like one of those ultimate dad moments for me. You know what I mean? My son's old enough now to appreciate a game, to understand a game, to have a conversation with me at the game and 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 I can still enjoy the game and we can talk about it and like we can bond, man. And it's freaking sweet. You know what I mean? And it's really sweet. If look, if you like sports and you have a son, I, I go to a game of some kind. I mean, I don't know what it is, but just love it. Everything about it. I loved, you know what I mean? From just getting ready in my <laughs> random story, we're getting ready for the game. And, uh, you know, I wear shorts and leggings all the freaking time. That's all I'm ever wearing. I'm always at the gym and, I'm getting dressed and honestly, you know, I just, since I don't work at the bank, I don't like wear other clothes very often and I'm getting dressed and I'm looking through my closet for like a regular, just a shirt, you know, one that's like not like a gym shirt or like, you know, kind of a bro shirt. And I'm like, dang, what do I got? And so I find this pink shirt in my closet and I haven't worn it in probably three, four years. So I think I've worn it one time. So it's like brand new. And I'm like, oh, that kind of looks good, man. I should try that on. And so I put it on and I walk out and I ask my son, dude, what do you think of my shirt? I put it on. I walked out here. I said, what do you think, bud? And I couldn't believe it. My son looks at me and he goes, dad, you look like a savage. And I laughed and I said, what? And he goes, yeah, dad, like you look like a savage in that shirt. He's like, you look like John Cena. He's like, John Cena is a savage. He's like, you look like John Cena in that shirt. I was like, so I should rock it? He goes, yeah, dad, you should wear that. Dude, you know how pumped up I was? Because my son is like, you know, I mean, he's my son and dude, we have a great relationship, but he's like the ultimate hater on me. You know what I mean? Because I'll say, you know, dude, dad's super strong. And he'll say, no, you're not. Everybody's stronger than my dad. But deep down, I know he doesn't know that. So anyway, for him to just genuinely one, think that about my pink shirt and then two, to give me that kind of feedback and that kind of response was just like the coolest feeling ever. And plus I was totally digging, you know, that my son was feeling the pink shirt man. he was just totally in on it. Like, yeah, you should rock that. So anyway. So we decide we're going to go to this game. And so we're talking about the game. And, you know, I'm telling them, dude, we need to bring the baseball mitt. And uh, because sometimes they hit foul balls and we get an opportunity to catch one. And he's like, oh, have you ever got one? And I said, no, you know, I've been to so many games, like Mariners games, just different games. And I said, no, dude, I've never got a ball. I've actually never even had a chance to, like, catch one. No one's ever came close enough, like, within a reach to even jump for or dive for anything. And so – I said, dude, we're going to get one tonight, okay? You and me are going to get one. And he said, how are we going to do that? I said, I don't know, man. We're going to get one. Let's bring this mitt. You and me are getting a ball for sure. And I didn't even know where our seats were, honestly. I bought these tickets like four weeks before the season opened. They were like one of the only ones available. I was hoping they were good. So we get to the game. He's like totally into it. You know, we're talking about the game and all these things. You know, just having like a total dude conversation about the baseball game, talking about the sports, took some pictures on the way in. It was just, it was really fun. Um, it was cool to just shut off the phone. Like there wasn't a thought about work or anything. It was just me, my son in a baseball game. Pretty sweet deal. And uh, we get in the park 
and we're walking around, we find our, kind of find the area, the section we're in and you know, there's the lady at the top or guy, whatever. There's a lady this time holding the stop sign, you know, telling you not to walk down to your seats. It kind of helps you get, find where your seats are. So I walk up and uh, I, I hand her my tickets and I say, you know, Hey, can you, can you tell us where we're at? We're we in the right spot. And uh, she said, Oh yeah, yeah, you definitely are. You know, she's like, you guys are all the way down there. You know, you seat nine or 10. And so I was looking from up above and I'm like, Oh, we're right down by those people. She said, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, she says to me, you know, if, uh, if your son just like, you know, during in between innings, if he just kind of gets up and uh, goes and stands by the by the gate right there where their players walk by, you know, as, as they're coming on the field because we're right by the first baseline and we're in the second row, she's like, you know, if he stands right there, kind of where I stand in between innings, she's like, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a ball. They usually, you know, if they see a, a kid with a little pouty lip out, they'll probably, they'll probably give him a ball. And uh, so I said, dude, we're going to get a ball, man. You hear that? You're going to get a ball from the field. One of the ones they're playing catch with, you're going to get one. But we were already talking about the foul ball. And so she, she showed us where to sit anyway, walked down to our seat, sat down. And, um, you know, Z says, dad, do you think maybe you could go stand by the gate? And I said, what do you mean, dude? You want me to try to get the ball? And he said, yeah. He goes, I don't want to go stand by the gate and try to get a ball. But he's like, I think you should do it. Maybe they'll give you one. And I laughed and I said, dude, it's a little different <laughs> when a grown man, uh, goes and stands by the gate <laughs> with the mitt trying to get a ball versus when a cute little now seven-year-old goes and stands by the by the wall with his little uh, hat on and his little baseball glove. I said, dude, I think you'll have better luck. And um, he said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I said, okay, not going to press him, right? I'm not going to press him to do that. I still got our glove, and I'm thinking, all right, dude, I'm on the first baseline. There's a decent chance. There's going to be a lot of foul balls hit this way. If anything comes near us, I'll go for it with all my guts and glory to try to get my son a ball, right? Totally. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I'm freaking committed to this thing. If a ball comes anywhere near me, dude, I'm jumping over seats to catch that beast for my son. I mean, that's my level of commitment in my head. Okay. So excuse me while I sniff. So we sit down and we start, uh, you know, hanging out, watching the game. My son's instantly just super into this game. You know, he's locked into the game. He can't get enough of the game and he's just staring at it. And, uh, you know, as the game's progressing along, some foul balls came that way. Nothing really got close, but uh, and I thought, ah, oh, what the heck. So you know, anyway, one of these foul balls gets hit, boom, boom, bounces off the roof. Da 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 da. I don't really know where it goes, you know. And then, about a couple minutes later, the uh, usher lady comes walking down, and I see my son get up and like walking over towards her. And I'm like, where the heck's he going? And in her hand, she has a ball, and so she hands it to him, and he brings it back over. And he's like, look, Dad, she just gave me a ball, and so. She's, I looked up at her. I said, what's this from? What, what is this ball? And she goes, oh, she goes, this is the foul ball. This is the foul ball that just got hit. One of the staff members grabbed it. So uh, we thought we'd give it to your son. Boo, yeah, baby. Boo, yeah. I know we didn't catch the ball. It's the same for him. We got a foul ball. It's got the black mark from the hit. You can see that it hit the dirt a couple times on some pitches. You can see the black mark from where it got fouled off. It's freaking sweet. You know what I mean? We got a game ball. And my son could not have been any more jacked after that. Like he was so locked into the game. I don't think he could give two dangs if I was sitting next to him or not. He was in it. It was an amazing experience. Got the foul ball. It's a memory he's going to have forever as a seven-year-old kid. He's going to have a foul ball. We're buying a display through Amazon, you know, to put it in. He's going to have that ball forever. How cool is that? That's what I call a simple example of the law of attraction. Got that ball, man. Got that ball. Oh, yeah. I can tell you more about that baseball game, but I'll move right along.
Anyway, as I continue to sniffle, you know, some of you might, some of you uh, may know. I got a few things that I do in my world now to generate some kind of income. You know, the wealthiest people in the world, they talk a lot about different streams of income and you got to have multiple streams of income. You know, if you rely on one stream of income, you, you are not setting yourself up for a high level of success. Okay. You're just not, if you got a job and you work for somebody and you're making, I don't know, pick a number, you're making money and you got bosses, guess what? Your security in that position is only secure as the people above you decide it is. I mean, think about that. Literally. Your position is only as secure as the people above you. That's it. I mean, some of you are protected by unions. Some of you are protected by these other things. Nonetheless, the people above you dictate your outcome. So a lot of times people talk about security. And honestly, I was just having a convo with somebody else just the other day about security, about I need something secure, da la 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 and you know they're like oh, I don't know if I can leave this position because it's so secure and it's this much money and da, da 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 and I'm just like dude how do you even associate working for somebody with security like how do you how, what 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 I mean think about this for a second mindset remember I was opening the show we talked about mindset I work for somebody I have security I'm putting up my two hands like in different corners right here I work for somebody else I have security. Again, I've talked about this before. That means in that situation, you believe that your security exists because you trust somebody else to, more than you trust yourself. You think somebody else is better at it, more stable, more efficient, more capable than you are. That's what you're telling me. I mean, you. I need to work for somebody for security. Okay, so you trust old Bob over there in the office to keep this company flowing, to keep it profitable, to keep it growing so that he can afford to pay you your salary, your PTO, your sick time, contribute 25% of whatever you contribute to your 401k. That's what you consider to be security. That is where we have gone to and it is phenomenal to me. So if that is your feeling of security and you're one of those people and you want to achieve success and you got an employer and that is it, and that is your security, and that is how you're going to get places. I hope by now you've just come to the realization that that is not going to get you to where you want to go. So let's say you do have an employer, because I'm not knocking that. I worked for somebody for a long time. I do agree there's tons of security in there. PTO, all that stuff is nice. Like when I was sick for three days, I didn't get paid a dang thing, right? Maybe I did. You know, what you want to do is if you want to be serious about success is, you know, one of the first things you can do is take the off time, the time when you're not at work. And please don't tell me you don't have time because I will go off on a tangent right now. Don't tell me you don't have time. Okay. It just means you're not making time for it. Find a second job, find a second way to make money, find a second outlet. And look, in today's world, 2019, there are so many ways to make money. Okay. And I ain't saying make a ton of money. I'm just saying make some. Because then you can take that money and start to help yourself. So there's multi-level marketing right now. There are multi-level marketing companies all over the country, all over the world. There are giant ones, little ones, big ones, startups, not startups, established for freaking 10, for like decades, established for a couple of years, whatever they are. MLM is a great way to get into. It teaches you sales skills, teaches you team building, teaches you leadership skills, you learn a whole bunch about about yourself via an MLM. You know they get they get bad reviews, good reviews. 
the people that give bad reviews are the people that failed at it probably didn't have the skill set. The people that give good reviews are the ones that crush it at it probably have amazing skills. I have some good friends that are in MLM by all definition, although it's more community marketing. It's the same company I'm part of. They kill it. They were just telling me a story the other day in the gym and it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing. I won't tell you what the story is, but it was based on financials and it was based on them buying a vehicle at a dealership and the salesperson thought that they'd made a mistake on their income because it was a monthly income they asked for and the sales guy thought that they had written down their yearly income when in fact that's truly their monthly income. And so that just goes to show you success can be achieved. Doesn't take a ton of time. It's something you can do part time. It's something you can leverage into. It's usually they have minimal barriers of entry, so like low cost, and you just gotta, and you just have to believe in the product or the service, whatever you're doing, and you have to believe in your skills and you have to work at it just like anything. And it's something you can easily start to supplement your income. That's just one of the ways. Um, you can also, you know, there's Uber nowadays. There's Lyft, where you know, even if it's to and from work or whatever, you could throw a couple rides in there, make a few extra bucks. You know, there's Uber Eats, there's DoorDash, there's you know, there's a Instacart, like where you go grocery shopping for people. Like, I don't know. There's so many things. I mean, you deliver pizza for a restaurant. I mean, I don't know. There's just so many ways. It actually drives me crazy. Like when people talk about being broke and then they work like a, you know, nine to five job and then they plop down at night and like watch six hours of TV and can tell me every game of Thrones thing that's happened. And they can tell me every update from every ball game that's happened and everything on ESPN. Uh, they can tell me all the political news. They can tell me what's happened throughout the world. They can tell me everything on social media, everything their brother, sister, best friend, girlfriend did. And then they tell me they broke in the same sentence. Oh, what? Did you just hear yourself? How much time are you wasting every single day? Like, what are you doing to improve yourself? My goodness. So there's tons of ways to make money. That's one way to start getting started in success. Second thing is, is, Increase your value. You can increase your value. Grant Cardone, one of my favorite people of all time. If you don't know who he is, check him out. Look him up. He's amazing. He always talks about one of the best things you can do is if you work for somebody is figure out how to make a second source of income within that job. And so you don't even have to add, essentially you don't have to add any more time, maybe a few hours to make more money. You can also gain more skills, become more valuable, probably get raises that way as well. <coughs> His example is, you know, when he works at a car dealership, he, he, he finally started crushing it, you know, really got into the sales side. And then when the opportunity arose and somebody was out of town because he was slowly learning the finance side as well, because when the finance guy was out of town, he could fill in for the finance guy. And then he started making some money on the other end when the finance guy was gone because he could start to make some money doing the finance as well. And so now I was making some commission on that side. And then pretty soon, you know, now he can start to double dip and now he's doing some more financing and the sales side. So now he's starting to make essentially two incomes at one job in the same amount of time, just more efficient. And again, he's got more skills. He's more valuable now, right? Because now he can do finance and sales. I mean, fantastic. Obviously, the value goes up. The need to retain you probably goes up. So the compensation probably goes up, et cetera. So if you're working a job, take a look around and see what you can do. Is there a second job? Is there something else you can take on to start to yield a little bit more coin? If you work somewhere where there's a sales opportunity and you're not directly involved in sales, see how you can start to maybe mend a few hours into that sales side to collect some commission or some bonuses or whatever it is that'll increase the income. So you got that strategy, you got MLM strategies, you got Uber, all the all the free enterprise, so to speak, things that you could do outside of the job. Those are just a few of the things, you know. What I've done is, you know, originally I started out, I left the bank to become a trainer. I was training one-on-one. Boom, that's my source of income. 
And you know, the wealthiest people to go back to that, they talk about having on average seven streams of income, seven different sources of income. The average like multimillionaire has, okay. Seven streams on average. Now, where those seven streams are, there's no consistent requirement. There's there's nothing. I can tell you there's probably a few that are 100% the same across the board. Uh, but uh, I assure you that none of the seven are the same. And so I just mentioned, you, you. if you did all those things I just mentioned, just to throw this out there, you have a job and your salary, boom, one. You figure out a second way to make some income throughout that same job, that's two. You join an MLM and you start to yield a little bit of money from there, that's three. It's then in between work and after work and before work, instead of watching shows, you started driving for Uber or Lyft, boom, you already have four sources of income in no time. Now, I'm not saying those are the ways to get to multimillionaire, but those are the ways you get started to generate more income so that you can then create more passive income so that you can then get to the next level. So... You know, for me, I'm going to shamelessly plug some things as well here is uh, I started off as a trainer, left the bank, got into training. And I also had the, the uh, pr- with Prove It, um, Ketones. It's an MLM by definition. It's a community marketing company. I love ketones. I still drink them every single day. I give them to people to try. I just had somebody the other day that was like, oh my God, my sleep is amazing. This is like the best sleep I've ever had since I started drinking these ketones and it's all trackable, like on the smartwatch or whatever, right? You can see this. I'm like, yeah, dude, I tried to tell you. And like, oh, I'm not hungry. What's going on? My appetite's so down. Yeah, I told you. And then I had somebody else that's like, oh, I've dropped this weight already. Like, I feel so good. I'm getting off my medication. I'm not making medical claims right here. Like, booyah, that shit's happening. It's bomb. I believe in the product. I believe in the company. I believe in the people around the company. I have some great friends that are in the company. They are great, great people. And they're doing a great thing all over the world. That is another way it was making income. So I had two sources of income. And then I had somebody ask me about meal prepping, kind of joking. And since then, I've started this, this King's Kitchen. And I started cooking more because I already did the meal prep. And I was already measuring everything and weighing everything. And I knew what it took to get into a good, healthy place. And a lot of people just don't know or they don't have the time or they don't have the want or the will to cook. And so I started doing that. And so now on the side, I have this King's Kitchen. And so I'm cooking. I'm cooking a couple times a week. And the... And I'm slowly trying to grow that. So now I'm up to a third source of income. I also partnered up with my guy Mike at the gym. So now I'm a 50% partner at the gym. And so now we, you know, we've started a membership. Now we're not making any money, but once we are, that'll be a fourth stream of income. And also I'm studying for my real estate license, not to necessarily be an agent, but for the experience, the knowledge, the networking aspect, and maybe an agent at some point, that could potentially be a fifth source of income. I've also met with somebody who I know quite, who I'm getting to know quite well, who's in real estate investing. And that's ultimately where I want to get to, because I think that is a huge, huge part of wealth building is getting into that real estate game, whether it's commercial, residential, whatever it is, you know, hotels, whatever it is. I just think that is where it's got to go because decade over decade, over decade, over decade, the returns on the real estate are just as good or better than anything else in the world. And they hold true and the values always go up. Even if they drop down, you look at it long-term is a long-term investment. It goes up. You can create residual income. You got the passive income from renters, et cetera, et cetera. And you also increase equity, which again, gives you more net worth. So once I get into that, that takes me up to six streams of income. Now, what most people don't know is I also recently, in the past X amount of time, I don't know, maybe three months, I had a conversation with somebody 
random conversation that led to this idea. And this idea has now been something that is being worked on slowly. And I'll say slowly, but once it's up and running, it could be a seventh. And recently, just to throw this out there in full disclosure, and this is where my mind at. And I'm not saying all these ideas are good ones or I'm going to end up doing them. This is the grind mentality right now is somebody recently came up to me and said, hey, and this was like one of the greatest compliments I've ever had in my life because I never thought about myself in that way until recently. You know, somebody came up to me and said, hey, I have this idea. Can I share it with you? I said, oh, yeah, sure. What do you, what do you, what do you got? What, what's up? And so they told me about this idea they had. And I said, oh, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I didn't, I don't know much about that, but okay. And essentially this person said, well, you know, I'm talking to you about it because I know you're good at business and I feel like maybe you could help me and we could help each other. Ding, 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 baby. Law of attraction right there. Hard at work, by the way. That's where I'm going with all this. But second, how cool. Somebody came to me and said, they think I know something about business. Although I would be the first person to tell you that, uh, as much as somebody might think I know, I don't know Jack compared to what I want to know. Okay. I mean, I might have a little bit of knowledge at this point in my life, but I need a heck of a lot more to get to the next level. A heck of a lot more. But uh, it was a cool moment. I thought, dang, man, somebody coming to me with an opportunity, dude. Somebody's actually asking me for an opportunity. Before I'd be looking for an opportunity, trying to get an opportunity, like who wants to give me a chance? Now I got somebody asking me. How cool is that? So anyway, my point is to that. That's the grind mentality. Like that's all the things I, I'm kind of trying to work on right now. And if you count them up, like that's, I don't know, I got, I'm on a rant right now, but that's six, seven, eight, I don't know, eight maybe. And uh, all those obviously are not, are not sustainable or like things I'm doing a lot on my own, which is wearing me down. Part of probably why I'm sick, but I don't watch much TV anymore. I uh, don't sleep a lot. I openly work seven days per week, Monday through Sunday. The only time I take off is when I'm with my son and we are hanging out. Um, other than that, you're, you're hard pressed to get me to go out. You're hard pressed to get me to hang out. You're hard pressed to get me to show up anywhere. And I'm just in a work grind mode. I just want to get to the next level. And hopefully y'all feel the same way. You know, and I have this goal book that I write in every single day and I write these goals and these goals continue to grow. And as my confidence grows, these goals get bigger. And as I think more and more, the goals get bigger and they get larger and they get just more intense. And then, the, but the demand also is there. Like, you know, when I write these goals, I understand like, man, that is going to be so much hard work, so much grind, so much discipline. How many haters am I going to have to deal with along the way? Probably a lot, but that's okay with me because you know what I've, what I've found through this journey is one, I should have the whole time believed in myself far more than I believed in an employer, trusted in an employer to give me that security. And second, it's a lot of fun to be in the grind. And third, I already know that I'm kicking the shit out of 70, 80, 90% of the people right now. Not on a financial level. Not if you compared 401ks, bank accounts, anything. But on the momentum, on the arrow, on the chart, on the graph of where I'm going. Compared to somebody else right now. I am highly confident that I am on an uptick 
like no other, and I am on a pendulum swing, and the pendulum ain't swinging back down. It's only going up, and if it swings back down, it don't matter because I'm going to pick that beast up, and it's going to swing 10 times higher on the other side. The momentum is there. The grind mentality is there. The hard work, the discipline, the willing to give up sleep, to will up, give up time is there, and I hope you can get there too. You know, Grant Cardone, my guy who I talk to about, who I talk about a lot, you know, the other day I'm listening to his book and I, you know, I, I know a lot about the guy and I've, I've, listened, I've read like, read or listened to like every one of his books at this point and I follow him on social media and I'm just like so involved because I just relate to the guy so much. And, uh, you know, I, I never realized what it took for him, but when he was talking about it, he was talking about how long it took him of doing like grinding and working seven days a week and not hanging out, not kicking it. And he was talking about this and, you know, he was talking about 20 some years that he, that he just, I mean, it's not like he hated it. He loves it, right? It's, he loves it. You know, people that want success, they love it, dude. It's a victory to, to do something, to achieve something. And, uh, but you know, he took 20 some years and nobody really knew who he was. And now everybody knows who he is. Now he's like, I don't know if he's over a bill yet, but I mean, he's dang close. If he's not already, he might've cleared a bill, but, uh, to the beast, he's beast, but it took 20 some years just grinding. And I heard that and I thought, well, I'm 36. I don't know. I guess by 60 would be cool. I mean, I'm all right with that. I wouldn't mind being a multimillionaire. I'm 60. Sure. I mean, that probably means I'm a millionaire. By 50 or earlier, and uh, I mean, I'm okay with that, and I'm only going upward, so I mean, you know, hopefully, you feel the same way. You just got to know that it's going to take some time. This isn't something that you're just going to do in a day, an hour, in a week. You know, there's there's so much time, but 24 hours in a day ain't going to get you there, 168 hours in a week ain't going to get you there. You know, it's going to take some real grind and some real time, so just be ready if you're ready. So I've talked way too long already, way too long. Um, I hope you're ready for this. I hope you're ready to crush it. I hope you're ready to uh, take on the world with me. And again, if you are, drop me a message. Please, 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 if you're still listening to this long-ass podcast, drop me a message and tell me you're ready to do this. And, uh, you know, next week what I want to talk about is truly outlining this is how do we get started? And I already talked about the first note, the first thing I want to talk about, which was finding a second way or third way or fourth way to start making extra money. Okay. And then after that, we can start to really, really channel it, start to clean out the closets, try to figure out what we need to do, and then let's execute and we'll execute together. Now, hopefully you jump on board with me. That way you can execute with me and we can all ride the wave. I don't want to drop these podcasts over the next 5, 10, 15 years and in 15 years be talking about, man, I remember when I dropped that kind of not so great podcast and I was broke and talking about becoming a millionaire and boom, and you didn't jump on board and then I just kept on going. So jump on board me, y'all. This is the new bro show. We about to crush it. So until next time, I am your snotty host, Jake Harwood, reminding you, as always, to eat clean, train dirty, and watch your steps on the streets of Seattle, Portland, or San Francisco, because you're probably going to end up with some doo-doo on your shoe-shoe. <laughs> Until next time, see ya!